We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mind on My Money podcast presented by Pinnacle Trust. Hosted by RebelGrove.com publisher Neil McCrady and Pinnacle Trust financial guru Martin Palomo, the Mind on My Money podcast tackles the financial questions we're all thinking about. From paying for college to saving for retirement, from life insurance needs to 401ks and everything in between. The goal is to help you take the stress out of financial concerns and give you some tips to enjoy life while your mind is on your money. Now here are your hosts, Neil McCrady. And Martin Paloma. Welcome into another edition of Mind on My Money presented by Pinnacle. I'm Neil McCready, Martin Paloma, back from the Dominican Republic, back in the USA. They're in Jackson, getting all excited. College game day is going to be in Jackson Saturday morning. Martin's going to be tailgating starting at four in the morning the party is uh, at his place early and then going over there to jackson state for the big game so talk about that actually probably not talk about that much we're gonna get into this election because martin will be in denver next week so we won't have a mind on my money until the thursday after the elections which are getting really interesting yep. some financial news today mortgage rates over seven percent for the first time since 2002 yep uh, there's stuff to get to, and then uh, obviously, we've been talking about this midterm election for a while, and here we are getting close to it as we take this on a Thursday. It's 12 days away. Thank you for making us part of your week. We really appreciate it. Um, I'll tell you real quick before I hand the the uh, microphone to Martin. I'm coming to you from the Clark Ford Studios. Clark Ford's in Amy, Mississippi. Six six two two five seven nineteen hundred is the number. Call it. Ask for my friend Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes and business hours right to the bottom line. No hassle, no haggle. You get your quote. The rest is up to you. I would recommend that you do what I do. That is uh, hop into a Clark Ford today. 662-257-1900. And Martin, what's going on there at Pinnacle? Man, we got we kind of got a lot going on in the next couple of weeks. Neil, um, like you said, we are, you know, a couple of the staff and I are going to be in Denver. We have our annual conference um for schwab our custodian is uh in denver and it's kind of man it's kind of crazy it's uh it's kind of like the woodstock for <laughs> for rias it's it's a really well done conference i have great speakers oh uh, dude guess who the keynote and, and you're not going to guess it because you would have a million different options but sir ted lasso is our keynote speaker oh how about that dude i'm uh so i'm taking all of my belief signs we have in the office and I have a I have a jersey uh 
uh, FC Richmond jersey uh, that has lasso double zero on the back. And I'm I'm hoping that uh, I'll be able to get signatures because, like last time, it was uh, Meacham, John Meacham, and Tim McGraw. Uh, they wrote a book together, and they were the keynote at the very end of the conference, and and they stuck around and signed books and stuff. So I'm hoping uh, to escape with some signed, some some uh, some Coach Lasso signed gear from uh, from the conference, and then and then we should be moving into our new space um, right when we get back. So it's going to be. Uh, Kind of cool, man. We have a lot going on here. It's really exciting. That is. That's good. Um, where do you want to start? You want to start with politics? Uh, yeah, we can start with politics. Or if you want to briefly talk about, uh, you know, the college game day in Mississippi, we can, we can do that. We did get, I don't know if you saw us or not, but our mayor opened his mouth, inserted his foot and chewed on it, and uh, told all the citizens of jackson not to use their water this weekend so that all of our guests coming in from out of town would have plenty of water to use <laughs> i know i'm I'm glad you're laughing because you can't make this shit up dude <laughs> what an idiot i mean good god i mean i'm I mean, what i just admit <laughs> hey i'm completely incompetent you can't trust me you should kick me out I'm a disaster. Yep. Dear Lord. <laughs> uh, although moron, you remember, I guess it was a couple years ago. It was when we first started our show. We had Marshall Ramsey, um, come do a show. He's the cartoonist. Yeah. Uh, he did a really funny cartoon for uh college game day. And it was like the little 18 wheeler bouncing along it said college game day on the side and on the back, it had a trailer. It was pulling on the back of the 18 wheeler trailer. And it was, you know, a porta potty and cases of water, uh, that they were, uh, in the, in the, in the drawing. And I just cracked up. It's true, man. I mean, you almost got to be fully self-supporting to come to Jackson. Goodness gracious alive. That is, I know. that is unreal. Well, and so a funny little thing, kind of self-deprecating humor, I told you before the show started, I, we were in the Dominican this week, this week for Jennifer's 40th birthday, had a great trip. Uh, and I got a little too comfortable and was brushing my teeth with the Dominican water and gargled the shower water. And, and, uh, Mr. Montezuma is taking his revenge, but I kind of, my, one of the jokes I cracked with Jennifer before Montezuma took his revenge, uh, cause she told me, she's like, I can't believe you're doing that. You're going to get up. Your stomach's going to be messed up. And I was like, Jennifer, we drink or we brush our teeth with Jackson water. It can't be any worse than the Dominican, but hey, but I was wrong. You should call uh, City Hall there in Jackson and say, I've got a marketing idea for you, uh, Mr. Mayor. You could say, hey, our water is better than Mexican water. <laughs> it's better than the Dominican water. At least we, yeah, it's better than Dominican water. Well, we have that going for us. And the Dominican water was clear. You know, it wasn't brown like my Jackson water. It's brown, but um, but I guess it's the bacteria that we don't bleach out. Yeah. All right. Here anyway, we go. Here we go. Let's talk politics. We'll start with the governor projections because a lot of in some of these states, the governor race is so explosive that it's going to end up impacting House and Senate races. Let's do it. Right now, 
What I'm, I'm using for people that want, want to know who I'm using, I'm using real clear politics. They are not known for having a bias. At least to my knowledge, I've never known them to have a bias. Um, I, I go to them quite often. If they have a bias, I'm not aware of it. They have Republicans picking up three uh, gubernatorial seats and okay. 31 Republican governors, 19 Democratic governors. They have the Democratic Party picking up Maryland and Massachusetts, and they have the Republicans picking up Wisconsin, Oregon, Nevada, Michigan, wow. and uh, Kansas. The, uh, the Morgan Mich one was a surprise. The me. Michigan race, quite interesting. Oregon's interesting too, but crime is such a topic out there, and sure, it's just destroying the Democrats uh, in, in that in that race. And then in um, Michigan, that's Gretchen Whitmer, who not that long ago ah, yeah. was a big star in the Democratic Party, and then she had the the deal with whether or not the abduction was real and all that all that stuff. There were trials, and anyway, she uh, she. Also kind of took it on the chin in her debate uh, earlier earlier this week with um, I'm trying to remember the name of the woman who is running against her. I'll pull it up. It's uh, Tudor Dixon uh, is running against her. Dixon seems to kind of um, kind of control that um, debate, especially as it pertained to. Uh, the way COVID was handled, governors are really those the local races. All politics are local, right, Martin? And and the governor races are a lot about how you handled or didn't handle COVID, shut yeah. down schools, all of that stuff. And Whitmer, Whitmer had a big debate gaffe where she said it was just three months, which was absolutely not true. Number one, and number two, to minimize it, the test scores are back now. People like me who yelled and screamed about what we were doing to kids in schools, we were yep. right. We were right. And now, by God, we're, we're, we're wanting our, our pound of flesh, and I think we're going to get them on uh, going to get that. On election day. Then some on election day. Uh, as of right now, uh, Whitmer up the consensus 3.1 points, still somewhat of a toss-up, but leaning Republican. Not Whitmer, I'm sorry. Yeah, Whitmer. This is interesting. Real Clear Politics average has Whitmer up 3.1, but has the rankings as a toss-up, and they are projecting a GOP pickup, meaning they're projecting that Dixon will win. Wow. So um, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what that means. It's some, some of this is so complicated too, right? Um, they've got Republicans getting five, three seats, gubernatorial, and having a 31 to 19 majority at the uh, at the end um Arizona they've got Carrie Lake uh winning that race by 5.6 see let, let's let's figure out a better way to do this do you have real clear politics up on your computer also I can pull it up I, I don't okay you don't have to just um in case that just in case I'm reading anything wrong um uh, let's go to let's go to the house this is where the, the house is a little difficult to read. It's got um, Republicans leading the Democrats 225 to 175 with 35 toss-ups. It's got uh, likely GOP 6, leans GOP 16, 
um, leans Democrat zero, leans Demo- likely Democrat one, if I'm reading that correctly. They've, they've clearly got the House going to the Republicans. I don't even think that's up for debate at this time. If you look at the the races that they're following, they're all they're 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 all pretty uh pretty heavy Republican. They've got it the Republicans will have a majority, in other words. Uh they've got uh, twenty seven races that are likely leans Democrat, thirty that are toss ups, twenty two that likely lean GOP. Um of those, there's not much debate. In other words, the, the, they've got they've got the Republicans winning the House. Are you seeing the same thing? I'm pulling it up on my on my screen. Okay. Um, Mine's running a little slower than yours. No, that's okay. Um, on the latest House polls, they've got several that are out. Um, Connecticut, Montana, generic. Uh, Bottom line is they've got the Republicans winning the House. Uh, there, there's no, there does not appear to be a scenario in which the Democrats win the House. So all eyes will turn to the Senate, and this is where this is easier to take a look at. Real clear politics, if you do their projection, battle for the Senate, real clear politics projection, they are projecting a GOP gain of three. Right now, as you know, it's 50-50 with um the vice president casting the deciding vote and making the Senate the slightest of leans to um, to the Democrats. This has Republicans picking up Nevada, Georgia, and Arizona for three pickups, giving the Republicans a 53 to 47 majority, which would, for all intents and purposes, make uh Joe Biden, a lame duck these last two years and would set up the scenario, Martin, that we've talked about so much over the last several months in which I think we go into a um, I think we go into a, a period where the Democrats, if this holds, this is where this is interesting. It's not. If this holds, Martin, the Democrats are going to look to play the blame game. And they're also going to have to look ahead and say, OK, what do we do about the president? Does he run for re-election at the age of 82? Or do we figure out a way now to blame him for this and move forward? And if we move forward, who do we move forward with? And I don't know those answers. Um, But here are the races real quick that we're talking about. In uh, Pennsylvania, Yep. right now the adjusted poll average as of today is uh, Mehmet Oz up 2.9. Real Clear Politics projects that uh, the GOP will hold that seat. That was one that the Democrats thought just weeks ago, months ago, that they would uh, take. And Fetterman, their candidate, a stroke victim, was just it was a, it was embarrassing, frankly, his his debate performance. Uh, and it looks like that debate performance will, will be the finisher for him. Uh, there's one to watch in New Hampshire where it's uh, Bolduch, the Republican, going up against Hassan, the uh, the, the, the Democrat. Right now, uh, Bolduch has a 1.6-point lead, but Real Clear Politics is projecting a Democrat hold. So they're projecting that the Democrats will hold there, but that's clearly one to watch. You have uh, Nevada where uh, Laxalt is um, – beginning to pull away a little bit from Masto, the Democrat. 
They're projecting a GOP pickup there. And then in Arizona, this is one that's been really contested. The Republicans have started to pour a ton of money into this race. Um, Mark Kelly, the incumbent senator, the Democrat, right now holds a point, I'm sorry, a 1.5-point lead in the Real Clear Politics average. But if you go to the adjusted poll average, Blake Masters, the Republican, is up by a tenth of a point. They are projecting a um, GOP pickup there in that in that race. Georgia is going to be the one that gets wild. Um, in Georgia, you've got two two races. One that doesn't appear to be very close. The Republicans appear to be uh, poised to win one of them. And then the other one that everyone is watching is this race between Raphael Warnock, the Republic, the Democrat who completed a term and is now running for re-election against Herschel Walker, the former Heisman Trophy winner, NFL player. Um, Walker has a nine-tenths of a point lead, and Real Clear Politics is projecting a a December 6th runoff. I guess there's a third candidate in there that's going to uh, prevent— That's going to mess everything up for— Having a winner immediately declared. It, it appears so, yeah. And 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 can you imagine if it's really close and it comes down to that race? I mean, my God. Yeah, they'll be pouring tons of money into that oh, runoff. It'll be, it'll be a circus. Um, the other, let's see. Uh, yeah, so the real clear politics average has uh it's just super close. It's like 0.5. It's it's neither one is is over forty seven percent. So, well, and that's a the Senate is kind of a surprise to me that it's already kind of swung a little bit. Because uh, when we walked through this, what a couple of weeks ago, yeah, you know, was, we were saying it's going to be it was going to be tough for the Republicans to to win the Senate. They would have to win, you know, Pennsylvania, Georgia, and what Nevada. Yeah, and and what's happened is the economy. The economy is what always happens. You know, when when when, yes, there are other. You know, Roe v. Wade was is is an issue. It is is certainly an issue. But when people get their their pocketbooks hit, when the price of gas at the pump, when the price of groceries, when those things go up for people, and I was listening to uh, Reasonable Doubt. It was. Adam Carolla and Mark Garagos, and they were talking about out in California where they live, there's, there's where they work, there's two service stations across the street from one another. And one is 30 cents more expensive than the other per gallon. Okay. And they're, they're, what they were saying was, and I thought this was interesting. They were like, look, we're both millionaires. We just fill up at the, the one that has the smaller lines, which is the, the, the more expensive one. Right, but if you look across the street at the cheaper place, it's always, in their words, a shit show. Just lined up cars waiting to fill up to save thirty cents a gallon. Well, on a fifteen gallons, right? That's four and a half dollars. People yep. are lined up to save four and a half dollars. Do you think those people, when they go to the polls, are worried more about Roe v. Wade or the economy? What do you think yeah. those people are thinking about when they step into the ballot? Yeah, I mean they're they're a hundred percent. You know, like we well, like we said, the last election cycle was that most people vote with their wallets, and at that point, we were in a strong economy. 
Uh, and I'm not saying that our economy is not strong right now because it's not, it's not as, uh, you know, using the, the parlance of, of, uh, of Mr. Corolla, you know, a shit show, uh, completely. It's still in, it's still in good shape, but we do have rampant inflation that is really impacting the, the pocketbooks of, you know, the, really the, the middle and upper middle class are, are the, are penalized the most. And I mean, in hell, that's most of our population is the middle and upper middle class. It's where it hurts the worst. You know, you're right. The millionaires, like the Corollas, the Neil McCrady's of the world, um, you know, (laughs) it doesn't, I'm I'm messing around the, but it doesn't, it doesn't impact millionaires as much as, as it does though. Cause you're right. I mean, well, not at that level, right. That's right. At that level, but, but where it comes in for millionaires and this is where some, it really surprises me somehow how, you know, like these multimillionaires, um, you know, and some of them are just maybe benevolent enough that they really don't care. Like I would think of your Warren Buffett's, uh, where he's willing to pay more taxes because he's got so much money he doesn't care. He's going to give it all away anyway. Um, but you know, it surprises me though that a lot of millionaires would not be completely Republican because of the amount of the tax the tax risk that they take with um, Democrats being in office. So the Wall Street Journal today. I mean, this will be. This will be if you're the Democrats and you're desperate, and they probably are at this point, that you're going to cling to this. U.S. economy returns to growth but offers mixed signals. Sure. Yep. Consumer and business spending cooled amid high rates and inflation. GDP, though, increased 2.6% in the third quarter after declining in the first half of the year as the trade balance boosted growth. But Americans cut spending on goods and spending slowed on services while businesses paired investment in buildings um in other words you're gonna have to be really nuanced and on message to spend the 2.6 percent increase as a positive sign right yeah and that's not inflation adjusted um you know and i mean i look i'm excited that we had positive growth because here again you know and i'm not oh here i'm backing myself into a corner here I do like the traditional definition of recession, right? Two negative quarters of of GDP. Um, you know, we we're in a recession. We had that in Q1 and Q2 of this year. And, you know, and I said that, I was like, that te- that's a technical recession. So, but if we believe that's true, then Q3 numbers come out, uh, you know, with a positive, what was it positive 2.3 or 3.2? Am I getting my numbers backwards? Uh, two, 2.6. So 2.6. It, it tells okay. you that we're, we're crawling out of the recession. Right. So if we were in a recession, then the recession has, you know, started the end um, and with positive GDP, but they are, but they're not inflation adjusted numbers. Right. So if inflation for the quarter well, here's here's not to interrupt you, but no, go for it. No, but this is this is Justin Lehart in the uh, the Wall Street Journal. He says GDP bounce might soon fade. Here's the I mean, he, two he has two cheers for third quarter gross domestic product. The Commerce Department on Thursday, blah blah blah, uh, better than the two point. Moreover, even as consumer spending on goods slipped for a third consecutive quarter, spending on services remained robust, an indication of how the economy continues to transition back towards pre-pandemic patterns. Capital spending by businesses also kept growing, but the housing crunch hit hard, with residential investment falling at a 26.4% annual rate. 
enough to cut about 1.4 percent points percentage points from the GDP growth rate. The economic picture would look worse still if not for a decline in the trade deficit that bumped up growth by about 2.8 percentage points. Final sales of private domestic purchases, a measure of underlying demand that excludes the effects of swings in trade, inventory levels, and government spending, grew at just a 0.1% annual rate. The private demand figure grew at a 2.1% rate in the first quarter and 05 in the second quarter, which helps underscore why, even though GDP contracted for two quarters in a row, the recession callers at the National Bureau of Economic Research weren't about to declare a U.S. downturn. None of this was expected, even if economists didn't nail the GDP growth figure. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. They got the contours of the report more or less right. Some thought private demand might contract, so the fact that it eked out a gain uh, counts as a plus. With limited data in hand, it's hard to know how GDP in the current quarter might pan out. It does seem highly unlikely that trade will provide as big a boost, or considering how the dollar has kept strengthening while overseas economies kept deteriorating, any boost at all. The average rate on a 30-year mortgage now above 7%. Housing seems likely to keep exerting a significant drag on the economy. Companies eyeing substantial declines in their share prices and a Federal Reserve that aims to keep on raising rates might not be so keen on increasing capital spending. So in other words, Martin, don't let's not pretend that the bad days are over and that we're about to have the glory days. It's not going to be like that. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I agree. Well, ugh. and we're using words like bad days and glory days. And those, those feel like, uh, you know, we're drawing kind of like stakes or a line in the sand. And cause really it's, I think it's going to, it's somewhere in the middle. It's not bad. It's not glory. It's, well, it's just but, muddy. But if, if the housing market's terrible and it's, it, and it's pretty rough right now and the cost of gas is really high. You know, it's hard to it's hard to feel super optimistic if you're a, a a young person starting his or her career. If you're a young couple starting a family, if you're a young couple looking to buy their first house, there's 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 not a lot to be super excited about. Yeah, I mean I would say, you know, folks that are that are young and, you know, maybe their first jobs, freshly married. Um, you know, they probably have friends. Let's say they have friends a year and a half ago that bought houses. Um, they're not going to be able to buy that similar type of house. Um, you know, they're going to buy a, a smaller house, um, because their interest, I mean, their mortgage is going to be, is going to be higher or they may not even buy a house at all. They may be renting for, you know, for a year, for a couple of years, which, you know, it, that's kind of the decisions that start to be made when you have, you know, interest rates where they are right now is, uh, you have to weigh out the cost of purchase versus the cost of, of renting, you know, and you can do it from a cash flow perspective, but that doesn't tell the whole story either. Um, because even if you say cash flow is, you know, par, they're even, but you may be buying a house that, you know, two or three years down the road, um, might be hard to offload. A buyer who puts 20% down on a median priced home would have a monthly payment of $2,300, according to realtor.com. That is up by almost 80% from a year ago when the monthly payment was $1,300. That has tripped up. That's, this is a story. I mean, that's, that's significant difference. Yeah. It's a thousand dollars a month. It's the power of, of the power of compounding interest, man. Uh, you know, in is seven percent long term gonna stick around? I don't think so. I don't think it will. The pendulum is just swinging. Um, but are people gonna be able to get three percent mortgages anymore? No, done. Like that was a that was a ship that has left harbor and. I mean, it'll probably come back in our lifetime at some point, but it's going to be a while before before that comes back. I mean, it'll probably settle in the fives. Well, look, there's got at some point fives some, or six. At some point, things have to get to a place where people push back, and the only place you can push back is at the polls. And so, if real clear politics is right, and there's a red wave, do the Democrats get the message? It's my question to you. Do the Democrats get the message or do they double down? Because their strategy in the first two years of the Biden administration has been to double down, double down, double down. Do they get a message? Uh, I don't know if they do or not, man. I mean. Because if they don't in two years, I can tell you what's coming. And January the 20th, 2025. Maybe well, I, even if Trump re runs again, but certainly if the Republicans are, are sensible, uh, they'll have they'll have a lot of control and they'll be able to reverse a lot of this. And I, I, I mean, so much of what's happening right now is because of bad decisions that were made. 
because True. of decisions, because of ridiculous decisions that are being made. Frankly, because of a, I don't like the word, but I won't even use it. Radical decisions that are being made, radical stances that are being taken. Yeah, and you, but we have to. We'll distribute. You know the, we'll distribute, um the, the the fault where it lays because it, it started in the Trump administration. It absolutely started. And then Donald Trump and then and then Biden just the shutdowns, it. the shutdowns, and throwing all the cash into the system. Yeah. The PPP stuff was was unnecessary. I mean, look at some point, and I'm hoping that it happens in the next two years, Martin. At some point, there must be a reckoning for what happened. You and I know that will never happen then. But if we're but, being realistic, well, then if that's other than the changes case, of changes of if that's of, the case, then our kids are screwed. Our kids are screwed if there's not a reckoning, and there needs to be an absolute reckoning on what happened and why it happened. Donald Trump, if he's going to run for president. If he's going to run for president, we need to stop obsessing over J6 and obsess over what he did in March and April of 2020. That's more interesting to me. Why did you make yeah. the decisions you made then? Because they were bad decisions. Yeah. They were bad and decisions. So, I, but I think, I think there was a domino effect because the first poor decision led to forced or contrived subsequent poor decisions. So I think if the original decision of if we would have never shut the economy down and not done the 14 days to flatten the curb that turned into, you know, 14 months to, you know, 28 months to whatever, uh, that would have been, I I think that was, I think that was the catalyst for everything. Cause then you wouldn't have needed PPP to take care of the companies that, you know, and because we shut down, I think, you know, the ones that I look at that I'm like, man, they hurt the most and there's probably others, but I think about dentists, like, you know, especially my clients that are, that are dentists, there was no way that they were going to be able to operate with the, you know, and during the quote unquote shutdown, because there's no way you can keep the three feet of distance when you're doing, you know, dental work or whatever. Uh, but yeah, you're right. I mean, the shutting down the economy was the, was the first domino to fall in all this. Now, what we probably could have done was prevailing heads could have said, okay, we screwed up and, you know, these were, um, you know, crazy times and we made a couple bad decisions. Now we're going to stop making those bad decisions and we're going to take our medicine, but we didn't, we just kept, kept continuing to pump more cash into the economy. Yeah. And Which we got have, us to where we are. And we have a system in place now where we're paying people not to work. Bottom line. Right. I mean, and the, the money supply issue is what really drove the inflation, you know, and, and I, I, you know, I admit where I was wrong, which in the beginning of all this, you know, when we talked about that there would be inflation, you know, and I agreed with Powell, um, I thought it would be transitory because I really thought we were talking about a supply induced inflation issue. But what, you know, the thing that I didn't, the, the impact I didn't consider, um, which, I mean, I don't know that there's really been another time that was where we've pumped so much money. Actually, 
I'm not going to say that. I know for a fact in that there's not been a time where we've pumped money like this into, you know, into the economy. And I should have known that, you know, with more cash chasing less goods, that that would be not transient inflation. It would be, you know, semi-permanent. Um, I just wasn't looking at that. I was looking at my, you know, supply issues. Uh, and then when I kind of realized, holy shit, when I saw the M2 numbers and I saw how much money had been pumped into, you know, into the system, that's when I was like, holy shit, this is a much bigger monster than I ever thought it was. That's when I realized it was not going to be transient. So, and the only, the only way to fight it was to raise rates. And here we are. By the way, uh, we, we talk about this sometimes too. Uh, jobless claims, jobless U.S. workers filing for jobless benefits edged higher last week but remain near historically low levels. Initial jobless claims, a proxy for layoffs, increased slightly to a seasonally adjusted 217,000 last week, up from 214,000 the week before. Claims are up from earlier this year but remain near their pre-pandemic 2019 weekly average of 218,000 when the labor market also was historically strong. So again, if you want a job, you can get a job. Right. You know, and some folks may say it's, you know, oh, they're not the jobs that we want, but you know, there are, there are a lot of firms that you, if you're listening to business radio, which I know most, most of our listeners probably don't listen to business radio or, you know, or read business stuff. But I mean, there are a lot of jobs in, you know, in areas that are good paying jobs. Um, you know, that are not quote unquote, the restaurant jobs that are, you know, that are more permanent than, than part-time. Right. So what, what message gets sent to the Democrats? If this happens, uh, house, house gains. The dude, I think they have to make a sweeping change. I just don't know if they will, you know? And do so they blame, or, do they blame Biden or do they, I mean, here's, mm, here's what yeah. I'm asking. Do they blame Biden or do they do, do they do, because Biden is already planting the seeds for, Hey, the, the election system is not uh, safe and all those kinds of things. I mean, are, they've, they've criticized election denial for the last two years. Do they launch into their own <laughs> end of it? I mean, it, here's what you, you, I've talked about the pendulum, right? Right, right. I, I'm, I know I come across like like I'm cheering for this. I'm not. I'm I'm cheering for this pendulum to slow down, to calm down. But I'm wondering what happens here because this is an opportunity. If November goes the way it looks like it's going to go, this is an opportunity for everybody to go. Okay, let's slow this thing down. Let's slow this thing down. Let's let's get let's be sensical. Or it's an opportunity to go. Oh no, hell no. We're gonna swing it. We're going to try to swing it back as far as we can to the left. I'm watching for two things, Martin. What message do the Democrats take from this? And then in January, when the Republicans get in power, do they try to calm things down or do they start forming a bunch of committees and try to impeach and all that stuff? I'm curious to see what happens. Is it is it vengeful yeah. or is it calm? I would, if uh, if they ask my opinion, which I know they won't, but if they ask my opinion, what should the Republicans do if they win? I would say the best thing to do would be try to help figure out and show the country that you're working towards a solution to this problem and not do the, you know, oh, we're going to, now we're going to, you know, extract our pound of flesh from you guys because of, you know, we're going to get the computer, we're going to get the, all that stuff. I mean, 
at this point, I think none of that shit really matters right now. Like if you, t- if you tell, let's talk about those people that are sitting in line trying to save the $4 50 cents in gas. If you tell them, Hey, would you rather have $3 gas or would you rather know about Biden's son's computer? They're going to be like, I don't give a shit about a computer. I don't care if he was selling crack to Saudi Arabia and Joe Biden was getting paid hundreds of million dollars for selling crack to Saudi Arabia. No, the average person doesn't give a shit about that. I mean, it's fun to talk about in your politics when you're trying to blame other people, but yeah, the person who's trying to make ends meet, I don't think cares about that. If the Republicans are smart, that's what they would do. If the Democrats were smart, I think they would say we're broken. We have a problem and we're willing to admit we have a problem and now we need to fix it. And then if they could find a moderate Democrat to put on the top of the ticket, that's when I think you could probably look at the Democratic Party and go, okay, these guys are, you know, are are getting healthy. But dude, the Republicans could fall into the same trap. Absolutely. Twenty twenty four. In fact, I think they probably will. I, mean, I hope not, man. I mean, I hope, I hope not either. I mean, there there are some interesting. Like, here's here's the, this is one of the most interesting races. It's over. Stacey Abrams, who's radical left, running against Brian Kemp, the governor, former governor of Georgia, who, from 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 all accounts, was asked by Trump to go in and change stuff, and he said no, not doing it. Kemp leads Abrams by a minimum of seven point four. He's going to win. He's going to beat her significantly. In, in one of the Georgia Senate races. Um, you would think a race like that is a, is a lesson. You would think that's something. I, I'm, I'm just fascinated by it. I really am. I, I'm curious to see what happens. And Because what we can't, I say what we can't do, I'm, I'm, who knows. What I don't think would be best for our country is another Biden versus Trump election in 2024. No, I agree with that. Just, we don't need that level of volatility, it feels like, in our country. We need something more akin to normalcy. Right. And, you know, I guess I'd say that's where we'll see where the health of each party is come, well, really not even come 2024. It'll be come January of, December, January of this year when we've got this election behind us. And we start the campaigns towards 2024. By the way, I don't know why I said Senate. That's a governor's race, Kemp versus Abrams. Is that is that a governor's race or a Senate race? Uh, governor. You know better than me on that, man. Yeah, I don't know. I think I'm going to de- I'm going to defer to you. <laughs> I think it's I think it's a governor's race, but it might be a Senate race. I don't know. I should be more prepared. I think it's a governor's race. Do you want me to ask Mother Google real quick? Yeah, sure. I'm I'm pulling it up also. Yeah, it's governor. Sweet. Right? I don't I'm know. Pull, yeah, it says Georgia governor. Okay. On uh <clears throat> on 538.com. Okay. Just there's a lot, a lot there. So um, I don't know. I guess when we come back in two weeks, we'll um, we'll look at what happened. Yeah, 
it'll be a lot easier than than trying to project what might happen. Looking, <laughs> I mean, this is this is dizzying to look at this. Like, well, George, dude, I mean, we made our projections for um for 2020, and I was wrong on what I thought was going to happen. Uh, I can't remember. You're pretty good at 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 projecting and and at coming into fruition. You felt uh, like Trump was going to win. And I felt like Trump was going to win, and I I was, I would have bet my house that both Georgia seats or at least one stayed Republican. Yeah, I I thought Biden would win. I thought that the tea leaves were pointing that direction, um, and I thought I thought the Georgia Senate races would split, and they they didn't. The Republicans were so disorganized by then, and then Trump. Look, Trump was bad for the party. Trump spent the entire month obsessed with the uh, election results and not trying to um, rally some support for the Republican candidate, and and they lost. I mean, Raphael Warnock won. Now he's in trouble two years later because I'm looking at the latest. The Rasmussen report says Walker up five in 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 that race. It's a governor's race. Has Kemp up ten over Abrams for Georgia governor? Wow. Kemp will probably drag Walker past the finish line, unless it, that, unless there's a runoff on that. At which point, yeah. you know, who, who who knows? Well, it'll be interesting to see once the dust settles because we'll we'll have our next show two days after the elections have done. So, like everything will be done, settled. We can take a look back and say, you know, here's what happened, and then also kind of say, well, because of this is because of this happened. Here are some likely scenarios for how it's going to impact, you know, tax stuff. And we, we don't have to get into all of the weeds on it, but, you know, is it going to have an impact on taxes? You know, what does that mean for portfolios? Did we get gridlock? Did we not get gridlock? You know, what, how to, how to, how do investments generally behave in, in, you know, either scenario. And I know that we spent the whole show talking about politics, but it is, as we've said before, I mean, it's the wet part of the ocean too. It, it impacts investments, you know, markets, finance, uh, interest rates, it Im- imp- impacts everything. Oh, it absolutely impacts literally everything. And right now in this deeply divided country that we have, it's critical. It's a, it's a, it's a monumentally important election. And, and look, if, if, if it doesn't go well next Tuesday for the Democrats, if it goes very, very poorly for them, they have a decision to make because I don't think it's, I don't think this is a political comment to say that we have a 80 year old president who looks sometimes like he's confused. He's not, oh. very, he's not very popular. He, um, his, his, his polling data is not good. It will be interesting to see whether the Democrats go, okay, we can't do this. We can't roll him back out in two years. What do we do? Yeah. Because the starting in January, the 2024 presidential election is going to get rolling. Yep. And 100%. By- by the end, by this time a year from now, it's going to be full speed. In full swing. Yep. Yes. So we'll probably even know like who the, who the candidate, who who the candidates are going to be. But we'll have a really good idea. Yeah. I mean, we'll be, we'll be closing in on, on, you know, the primaries and, and, and right. all of those things in Iowa and, and New Hampshire and all of that. And I would think, I would think Biden, at, at a minimum, if he decides to run, is going to have to go campaign this time. And and does Joe Biden look like someone who could campaign? He doesn't today. Does he look 
any better a year from now? I, I, I don't know. And if it's not Joe Biden, we get into this spot in American history that we've only been in a, a time or two, which is a sitting president who's eligible to run doesn't run. And while he's governing, potentially as a lame duck, the biggest story in the country day in and day out will be the election. Yep. Yeah. I mean, and uh, he does, like, I, I watched a video of him. I was watching it yesterday. I don't know when when it actually happened, but it was, a, it was like in the Rose Garden. It was someone in front of a speaker, in front of a podium speaking. Uh, it was four people behind the guy. Biden was one of them. Uh, he, the guy's talking, he stops talking, turns around, shakes Biden's hand first, which I mean, I, that's what I would do if I was a speaker in the presence behind me. And then he shakes the other three people's hands. And then he goes back to the podium and he starts talking again. And there's a, and the camera's not zoomed in on Biden. It's just, you can see all the people there. And as he's coming back, Biden sticks his hand out again to shake the guy's hand. The guy turns to the podium leaves Biden's hand unshook because he shook it first. And then Biden looks at him and kind of puts both hands up and kind of like, uh, I guess maybe like a disbelief that he didn't shake his hand again. I was like, damn, does this guy not realize that, <laughs> that the speaker shook his hand first and it took 10 seconds for him to get around and shake everybody else's hand. It was just, it was not a good look for, for our president. He looked very, very lost standing there. Yeah, he did. I saw it. Um, yeah, just I think politics are broken. I think Biden, I think uh, Fetterman, I think Herschel Walker, I think all yeah. of those people are 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 signs of just how broken it is. Trump, yeah, Trump, yeah. I mean that that we're still rolling out the same people over and over. Yep, is and it, there's there are those yeah. like my mom, man. My mom thinks, and I love her to death, and she and I just part ways on politics um and we're even in the same party and we part part ways on politics and uh and you know and she's like you know trump is gonna she tells me trump's gonna be back in office even before the general election i'm like how like how is that even possible mom yeah and she's like they're gonna find out that this was stolen and rigged and they're gonna put him back in office i was like that's not gonna happen no it's not i love you it's not gonna happen (laughs) the that's the thing about him running is beyond him and his personality and how divisive it is and all of those things. What, what drives you crazy about him, the idea of him running is that he will run on the 2020 election. Yeah, he will. And we, we, we got I mean, I, I just don't think that's a, I don't think that's a winning strategy. I think that's going out and running the wishbone. Oh, and then, game. you know, and then there's people like my mom who I, I mean, I think, I don't think my mom's an idiot. I don't think that she's stupid. Uh, and then she just says things like that. And I'm like, what world do you live in? Yeah. Uh, we're just on in, and we're in the quote unquote same party, even though, I mean, I guess if I had to identify, I might be a more libertarian than somewhere in the middle, you know, more than anything else. But, but, um, it's crazy, man. Even last thing, even Politico, which is, I think kind of left leaning, um, says that the Arizona Senate seat. Blake Masters has the momentum right now. Um, what they once described as the lean Democratic race is now a toss-up. Let's just, for the sake of total fairness here, let's see what we think. Uh, Politico says the uh, Senate remains a toss-up. It says the House is likely Republican. 
Um, predicts most Americans will be led by Democratic governors. I don't know what that means. I, I'm assuming they mean population, not numbers of states. Ah, okay. That makes sense. Uh, yeah. Because um, obviously 31 to 19 is... But if you do it by population, I think that makes sense. Yeah. Because you get, what, New York, California. Um, well... <laughs> I'm I'm out after that. New York, California. Yeah, I mean Florida's Republican. I don't. I don't yeah, know. Florida's Republican. Was Illinois? Does is it Republican governor at the moment? I don't expect you to know that. Uh, I, I don't. I don't know. Let's I'm see, just trying to think of all it, the major it, city centers because I mean I know obviously Texas is Republican, Florida is Republican. Uh, this says. You know, I mean, this says Chicago. This is Politico. It says if Republicans can hold Pennsylvania. And, and Wisconsin, they can likely flip control of the Senate by ousting only one of Democrats' most vulnerable incumbents, uh, Kelly in Arizona, Warnock in Georgia, or Cortez Masto in Nevada. Kelly's right. shrinking lead has little to do with Blake Masters, who's widely seen as running an underfunded and un uninspired campaign. Democrats have swapped the GOP, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, it's a lot to watch. One of the things that's helping Masters is that Carrie Lake, who's running for governor in Arizona, is running away with that race. It has run a um, has run a very strong uh, kind of has run the kind of race, frankly, that could put her on a ticket in twenty twenty four. Okay, she's a name to watch. So she's, we'll watch her. She's she's she has run a very. Uh, almost Trumpian sort of campaign, but she stayed very much on message and, um, and, and it's been effective. She's going to win. So, all right, we'll stop there. Uh, enjoy your trip to Denver. We'll come back in two weeks. We'll look at the results, what it means, what we think happens from there. It should be a pretty fascinating time. So yeah, man. thanks to everybody for being a part of our, making us part of, of your week. Our numbers continue to grow. We certainly appreciate you. And uh, we'll be back in two weeks with another edition of Mind on My Money presented by Pinnacle for Martin Palomo. I'm Neil McCready. Take care. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.